what's the best way to share the gospel? Do you take a long time helping someone discover one by one reasons to believe? Or do you charge in boldly and proclaim the truth without worrying how it comes across? Brother Jeff has learned a lot about sharing the gospel through his work with Muslims around the world. And he says we need to find a balance point between wisdom and boldness. It's hand in hand. If you go with blind boldness, you're not going to reach your neighbor. You're just going to offend them. But when you have wisdom paired with boldness, the Holy Spirit gives you a, a key to really share the gospel with people. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and I'm in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, uh, with another of our one-name guests. If you've listened to Voice of the Martyrs Radio for a while, you know many of our guests we just use one name in order to protect their security. Our guest this week is Brother Jeff. He is a longtime member of YWAM. He serves with Youth with a Mission, uh, serving especially in the Muslim world. And we're going to talk a little bit about what he does. YWAM, Youth with a Mission, is one of our VOM strategic partners, one of the organizations that we work with to serve persecuted Christians in hostile and restricted nations around the world. Uh, we've had several other YWAMers over the years on VOM Radio. Lauren Cunningham, the founder, has been with us, uh, as well as the leaders of YWAM Frontier Missions. Brother Jeff, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Let's talk about kind of the 30,000-foot the view first. How's it going? As we think about reaching Muslims with the gospel of Christ, how's it going? You know, we're in a new day in seeing Muslims come to know Jesus. We've never seen anything like we're seeing today. And it's happening in every part of the world, whether it be immigrants coming into Europe and America or it be people living in the Middle East, South Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, all over the place. We're seeing Muslims find the love of Christ and say, hey, I want to I know Jesus. Do you have any explanation for that? Why is it going so much better today than it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago, other you know, than saying, you know, because God's doing it? Yeah, <laughs> other than saying God's doing it, you, you know, uh, I think one of the big things is that we're seeing people pray for Muslims like we've never prayed before. One of the things that I'm part of is the 30 days of prayer for the Muslim world that has happened for the last 26 years during the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan is a a month where Muslims themselves fast and pray. And so we said, hey, well, let's join Muslims during this month, but we're going to pray that they will experience the love of God and that as they're praying and as they're fasting, they'll have dreams of Jesus that will stir questions in them. And I believe that's been one of the keys is that us as followers of Jesus are praying for Muslims like we've never done before. As we talk about this movement of Muslims coming to Christ, what does that mean as far as persecution? Because if you're in a Muslim culture leading Muslims out of Islam to follow Christ, there's going to be some pushback there. 
Yeah, you, you know, I, I think it's the reality is whoever comes to Christ, their old life is going to, to rub up against their new life. And this is the, the experience that Muslims are having within their communities as well as they become followers of Christ. Many experience rejection from their families, all the way to imprisonment and, and torture and things like that that can happen. And again, that's where we can provide support. We don't want to remove them from what God's doing, but we want to, them to know they're not alone. Isolation is one of the biggest things that the enemy can use against us. And, and you've You've seen what a difference that makes when they understand they're not alone. Oh, it makes a huge difference. Uh, One story of a a Muslim background believer being together in a gathering with a bunch of others from all sorts of different parts of the world is just the tears in his eyes as he says, I'm not alone anymore. I know there's others like me. And that fellowship among the body of Christ is so powerful, and we often take it for granted in our context— you know, we go to church on Sunday just as as if it's not an amazing miracle that we get together with other believers. As we talk about the trials and the troubles that can come, persecution, how do you, in the training process, in the coaching process, how do you get that church leader ready to go through that persecution victoriously without being defeated by it? Yeah, I mean, that's always a challenge, but it's one of those things where I, I think right at the very beginning of the DNA in their, their life in Christ is that persecution is part of our life. And, and you know, I think for many of them is that the love of Christ comes into their lives. It's not something that we can coach them in, but it's, this is who Jesus is to me, and I'm willing to die for him. And, and I, you know, I think that's much more of what we see. And so our preparation is just to say this is part of the the life of, in Christ. But his love for us surpasses any persecution, even unto death, that we might experience. And I like the way you talk about it being a part of their spiritual DNA. For many, if they've come to faith out of a Muslim background, they have counted that cost before they ever came to faith. Yeah. Because it's— it's not just a matter of their reaching out. That's why they're being persecuted. They likely face some form of persecution when they made that decision to follow Christ. So it's not a surprise to them when it happens. No, it's not. When they choose to follow Christ, it's a very serious decision that they've made because that they've already counted the cost. Is there a different preparation process when it comes to your workers, YWAM workers, maybe coming into a country from outside, but also possible facing persecution, facing hardship and and backlash. How do you prepare the YWAM folks who you're sending out? You know, I think there's different levels of it depending on where where people go. We really work on talking through what is the uh, theology of risk that we need to understand and that taking the gospel someplace has a, a cost, has a risk to it, and really talking through, are you willing to make that cost and have that risk as part of your lifestyle? And, and there's practical things that we can do when we work with our teams on the practical level, but the reality is you never know what could happen. And what we really try to work through more is to get rid of fear. Fear is the biggest enemy we have more than anything else. And I think that's what we really want to work through with our workers who are going into challenging, risky places, is are you going in the trust and knowing who Jesus is in your life and that the cost is worth paying, 
that you don't need to fear? Or is fear something that could actually keep you from doing what you're doing there? And I, I've seen it happen. People have gone to a risky place. The fear has been so intense that they haven't shared the gospel, but they're still persecuted. So let's, let's be bold, wise, but let's be bold in sharing the gospel, even in these risky, hard places. How do you find the balance point between wise and bold? <laughs> that, that's a tough one. First thing is we really need to listen to the Holy Spirit in our, our lives. I think there's little things that we can do that help differentiate between wise and bold. Throwing things in the face of those who uh, perceive the message you're bringing as being foreign, that's not helpful but really building friendships and that kind of thing, but being bold in your friendship and saying, this is who Jesus is in my life. It's not as much about making converts. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our job is really to say, here's who Jesus is. I'd like to introduce you if you're interested. And the thing that I'm struck as you say that is that's an American message too. The American Christians can have that conversation. Hey, let me tell you who Jesus is in my life. I'd love to introduce you to him if you're interested. And having that same sort of outward focus and ministry focus, we're called to do that right here in America too, not just if we move to Afghanistan. That's right. That's right. So there's there's a challenge there for our listeners. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Jeff. He is one of the leaders of YWAM Frontier Missions, Youth with a Mission. Frontier Missions, Jeff, while, while we're on this, how does— Frontier missions fit into the broader YWAM family, and what what makes a particular work or field frontier missions? Yeah, so for us in YWAM, frontier missions is specifically looking at those peoples uh, that are unreached. So those would be people groups that have very little witness amongst them. Sometimes we call them the least reached. And for us, it's specifically about church planting and even more specifically, we want to see a, a movement of disciples amongst each of these people groups. And YWAM's a big organization, so we do lots of different things and lots of people are involved in discipleship, but this is specifically focusing on the least reached. When something goes wrong, and I'm thinking particularly of some instance persecution, somebody gets beaten up or somebody gets killed or somebody gets kidnapped, and it's, it's one of your workers— be it YWAM or one of the national workers that you've trained, how do you personally think through that and bounce back from that and keep moving forward in the face of that kind of opposition? That's a tough one. But I think that the first thing is, what are we responding to? Are we responding to the fear that these things can create? Or are we responding to the, the basic need for our, our brother or sister who's found themselves in one of these situations? On a very practical level, we want to support our, our members as much as we can, the, the family of those members. But then on the other side, we want to continue to, to push out the, the thing of faith, that God is wanting to reach the peoples that are probably the perpetrators of this against our worker. And, and so one of the big responses we want to have is we want to be praying for those people that are persecuting you know, the, the Bible talks about praying for our persecutors, and that becomes one of the, the, the highlights, actually, within these situations, while at the same time, we want to respond to the needs of our specific worker who's finding themselves in a very difficult situation. 
Have you seen some instances in your time with YWAM where those prayers have been answered, where you've seen the persecutor or the group of persecutors really dramatically changed? I can't say that I've seen it specifically personally, but when you look at Again, I'm I'm one of those who takes the 30,000-foot view often from my position, and you do see things happening around that situation that has to do with more than just circumstance, and we have to believe that prayer is having an impact in those places. Sometimes in the midst of these really hard situations that we wouldn't wish on ourselves or wish on others, God still has something going on behind the scenes. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Jeff. He serves with Youth with a Mission. Can you tell us, Jeff, some of the stories from the Muslim world, places where you really see inroads for the gospel and people, Muslims, coming to faith in Christ? Are there some places where that's happening just in really dramatic or or remarkable ways, different from five years ago, ten years ago? We looked at the Arab Spring thinking that, hey, wow, the the Middle East is going to be opening up and all these new opportunities. And then it turned into more of the Arab winter right away after that. But it's actually in the wintertime where we're seeing more openness than we've ever seen before. Because we as people, we begin to, to look at things in a very different light when things are hard and start questioning things that that maybe we wouldn't otherwise. You know, I, I've, it's happened in my own life. When things are easy, I don't need to question anything. But when things become a little bit more difficult, I start questioning things. And we're seeing that happen in places like the Middle East as people are experiencing the Arab winter. And a response to the gospel is one of those responses that they're having saying, hey, I want something different. I'm looking for something that will bring peace and love into my life not a lot of the things that I'm experiencing right now within my own faith. How do those people then get motivated to reach out to other Muslims? You know, after that after that seed of faith is planted, after they say, well, I, I want something different. Oh, Jesus offers something different, totally different. Then how do they get to the point of saying, now I got to tell everyone I know. <laughs> well, it's it's always interesting, especially from the, the seat of a, a, a worker. Sometimes we're like, no, hold off. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> you need to be more careful. You need to be more careful. But, you, you know, there's something about the gospel in our lives that says, I got to tell somebody. I've got to share this with somebody. What God has done, what Jesus has done in my life, I want my neighbors to know. And, and so there's not a whole lot that we need to do when the Holy Spirit really takes hold of someone's heart. We've talked about this work shifting from foreign, let's call them missionaries, although I know that's kind of a Mm. bad word in a lot of the world, but foreign workers coming in with the gospel to local workers who speak the language and have been reached with the gospel. We as Westerners, we still have a role in that. What is that role, and how can our listeners be a part of that? Yeah, well, again, it's one of those things, the Great Commission is for all of us. Being for all of us, the fact that nationals, that Muslim background believers are beginning to take more of the lead and beginning to even shape our missiology and theology on on reaching their own people, we still have an important part, sometimes in direct partnership. Sometimes, you know, a foreigner can speak to someone else in a way that a, a local can't. But other times, a local can certainly speak 
to someone of their own culture and language in a way that a foreigner can't. But I think coming together in partnership is one of those ways. Resources, you know, there's a need for resources and it's not always money. A lot of the times it's things like Bibles, business, you know, still have to live, still have to make an income. So how can we come alongside with business and help people form a, a lifestyle so that they're able to stay within their community? One of the things that I know you're involved with with YWAM is resources to help people pray. We've talked a little bit about the 30-day Muslim prayer guide. Talk a little bit about that. Talk also about the app that helps remind people and helps us pray knowledgeably. I think I think a lot of people want to pray, but they don't maybe know how. You know, what? who am I praying for? What am I praying for? These resources kind of help equip us to pray with more knowledge. Yeah, well, 30 Days of Prayer, uh, it was started 26 years ago, as I mentioned earlier. And it's been amazing to see the growth of people praying. I think we estimate that there's over a million people around the world that are praying. And, And we only guess because we don't know how many people are picking up the guide and praying. It's translated into over 40 languages now. Wow. So it's not just in English. It, we, we got a, a letter from someone saying, hey, I've been translating this for the last three years, but now I realize that I need to get some sort of permission and relationship <laughs> with you. And it was translating it into Pigeon English in Papua New Guinea. Wow. And we have lots of different stories like that. I, I really encourage people to pick it up because you'll learn so much more about the Muslim world and Muslim people through this. And an important caveat I want to put in there. It's specifically called prayer for the Muslim world, not for the Islamic world. We're praying for people, not for uh, a religious block. And so I want to encourage you as you pick that up that you're praying for this family in Tunisia or you're praying for this young woman in Afghanistan. And as you're praying, you're learning something about who they are, what's important to them. And that way you can really connect with them in a new way. We'll give you a link. When you come to vomradio.net, we'll give you a link to the 30-day Muslim prayer guide. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Jeff. He is a YWAM Frontier Missions leader. Jeff, we want to equip people to pray for Muslims around the world, but many of our listeners right here in the United States have a Muslim neighbor or coworker or classmate or friend, and they'd like to reach out right here in America, how do you coach them to sort of start that conversation or, or start down that pathway of reaching out to the Muslims right here in our nation? Yeah, well, I, I think there's some very simple ways. First of all is when you see a, a Muslim, don't be afraid to go up and just say hi and say, I've read something about uh, Muslims and, hey, I'd like to hear what your story is, even asking what their story is. I think one of the things that I've learned is I've always got to be a learner when it comes to understanding other people. And I've read lots on Islam. I've read lots about Muslims and met a lot of Muslims. And I find that I still need to ask because they don't all believe the same thing or see the world the same way. And it's a great way to have an opportunity to talk with someone. Another thing is Muslims usually do not mind you praying for them. One of the habits I have, even going into a... Middle Eastern restaurant that where it's most likely that the, the staff there are Muslims, I'll say, hey, we're about to pray for a meal. How can I pray for you? And so often they'll give you something that you can pray for. And just right then and there, I pray with them standing there at the table and pray for, for whatever need they're sharing. 
So it, it can be very simple and very straightforward. And what I hear you saying is that all of us could do that. Anyone can do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, we always want to encourage our listeners to to be bearers of the gospel in, in every situation that they're in. But obviously we have a heart for the people of the Muslim world, the places where our brothers and sisters serve. We want to talk. As always, we want to equip people to pray. And we've talked about the 30-day prayer guide. We want people to get a hold of that. But let's talk specifically about MBBs, Muslim background believers, who are now doing the outreach. Some of the folks that, that your team is coaching and equipping and getting out there. How do we pray for those people who are working on the front lines to share the gospel? Well, I think the first thing is just pray that they will know the Holy Spirit is with them and that their own faith, their own discipleship will be continuing to grow. As someone who's a worker on the field, it's one of those things you can't let your faith become stagnant. You've got to keep growing in it. So that would be one of the first things. Pray for boldness and wisdom. As we mentioned before, it's hand in hand. If you go with blind boldness, you're not going to reach your neighbor. You're just going to offend them. But when you have wisdom paired with boldness, the Holy Spirit gives you a, a key to really share the gospel with people. The second group of people that I'd like you to help us pray for uh, is is brand new MBBs, people who are just in the last day or week have made that decision. You know, Jesus is the truth. I'm going to follow him. How do we pray for those who are are just fresh baby Christians? I think one of the first things is pray that they will find others that they can come in fellowship with. Again, being isolated just makes it so hard to to walk in faith, but coming together with others is so key and important. So pray that they would find people that they can trust and come into fellowship with. I think also to pray that they would have the Word of God to be their nourishment, to understand who God is, to understand who Jesus is. And as they they work through the things that they've learned about God from their original faith of Islam, that their minds will become renewed as they see who God is and who Jesus is in the fullness and in the new birth of, of salvation. Amen. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Jeff. He is a leader in the YWAM Frontier Mission Area. Last thing, Jeff, as we equip people to pray, how can we pray for YWAM, for your staff and your workers who are training and coaching and equipping those around the world? You know, sometimes I think it's very simple. It's really pray that we'll be faithful to what God's called us to and the vision he's given us. And uh, also pray that we wouldn't be distracted by all the many other things that are great opportunities, but they're not what God has for us if we're going to be effective in reaching Muslims and unreached peoples. Thank you, Jeff, for your heart for Muslims. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. It's always great when I get to connect with folks from YWAM. Just so appreciate your ministry and what you do. So thanks for being our guest this week on VOM Radio. Thank you. It's been a great privilege. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Jeff. He is a worker with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and Frontier Missions is, is the particular part of YWAM that he's involved in. If you're just joining us, you can hear this whole conversation again at vomradio.net or just look up VOM Radio in your favorite podcast app. Again, our website, vomradio.net. 
One part of the ministry that Jeff is involved in is encouraging Christians to pray regularly and specifically for Muslims to find Christ. And right now is a key time for those prayers because we're in the midst of Ramadan. This is the month when Muslims around the world are fasting during daylight hours. They're thinking about spiritual issues and seeking Allah's favor. So it's a key time to pray that as they're fasting, as they're seeking, they will meet the true God and come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Son of God. Will you join me this week to pray specifically for Muslims to come to know Christ during Ramadan? It is such a key time for that prayer. Imagine that you found a good job as a school teacher, and one day the principal came and said, listen, unless you renounce your faith in Christ, we're not going to pay you on time. You won't be getting any promotions. Basically, you're not wanted here. What would you do? Next week, you'll hear about a brother in Christ who did experience that opposition in the country of Laos. Hear what he did, how he responded, when we're back together next week, right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.